microphones make a podcast. Two microphones and you make a podcast. This is Joyce. And this is Mary Beth. Welcome to the Modern Yoga Podcast, February edition with, I don't know, 60 degree weather. Well, that was yesterday. Today, 30 degree weather. Have you been, you've been out today? Yes. I've been outside. Yeah. 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 I, I, took I a had walk a sleepover yesterday. at my mom's yesterday. I saw that. Did you guys, well, she probably wasn't in any condition to like eat bonbons and watch. No, she was. She was fine. She Dinosaur had this movies. eyelid surgery. So her eyes, it just looked like she got beat up, but she felt fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, so you walked yesterday. Did you get blown over? I did. I, there's, you know, I listened to the weather on my Alexa. Oh, are you moving away from your, your least favorite weather girl? Is that what's going on? I, well, if you recall, on one of our earlier episodes, I said, I'm not letting the TV news, anything come on in the morning before Ah. I do some reading, some praying, some other chores. And that's been great for my mood. If you notice my mood's a little better. (laughs) You're always in a good mood. You're not salty. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I found that in addition to just asking her about the weather, you can say, Alexa, open big sky. And she'll tell you the weather much more specifically in things that I like to know, like she'll say the wind speed and she'll say the high today will be 67 at 3.13 p.m. The low today of 39 was at 12.01 a.m. Because I struggle with that. Like, okay, today might be 60 and 30. When is that happening? If the 60 (laughs) happens at midnight, I don't need to know about it. I still need to wear my boots, you know, when the day comes. So so I really um, like that. So Give give that a try. Big sky. Open big sky. Well, we don't have an Alexa here and our Google Home is what that little speaker on the mm-hmm. front table because I don't know, James just it was for him because he ne- he just converted to an iPhone like a year or so ago. Yeah, same with Jeff just a few months ago. And he was all about not having an iPhone. Same. Yeah. And um, but he moved that from home to there because it it was just him and he can get really geeky with technology mm-hmm. and it got to be too much and he's just like you know what I'm going to put this and use it as a speaker at the studio I'm like okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know um but obviously I can ask my phone I can ask Siri oh like, sure anybody can ask Siri yeah. anything. in fact last night during book club uh our first digression or probably our fourth digression um we were talking about the similarity of the book we just read, which was The Glass Castle, to a book we read years ago called Educated yeah. by Tara Westover and the similarities there. And then Lisa Rich had had reminded us that Tara Westover's mom had written a book kind of in response, like, like Tina and Ike Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? And then he came out with That's What Love's Got to Do With It. So apparently Tara Westover's mother has some sort of book out defending her her mothering methods really? and her essential oils and stuff instead of medical care. So I had to, you know, I I asked Siri that. What's Tara's Tara Westover's mother's name or company name and so she was very helpful. I find myself asking Alexa, you know, everything from 
a quick recipe, like I'll just yell at her or you're watching something on TV and you're like, is Sean Connery, how old is Sean Connery or whatever the case may be, which is, I'm really getting as lazy as lazy can be now that this technology exists. Cause I didn't need help in that regard, <laughs> but I love it. I don't have to get off my ass. I you're just getting say. more information. Yeah. Alexa, remind me in 12 minutes to take the whatever out of the freezer. I'm good at, or I'm bad at setting up reminders on the iPhone. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting pretty good at that. Um, and and we were joking last night at dinner too. I when I'm feeling frisky, and I don't mean that in a sexual way, but when I'm feeling fun, I have her say things like like last year or two when I started sort of New Year's resolutioning and wanted to get up earlier, I would have her wake me up by saying, "Get out of bed, you worthless cow." Because she'll oh, say whatever you want. That's awesome. It doesn't have to just be an alarm. Yeah. So you can sort of speak the language that works for you. And you're a yoga teacher? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Not very nice self-talk. But yeah. it makes me laugh. And then I'm like, all right. Yeah. Get it. Get it up, old Bessie. <laughs> Again, not sexual. Again, not. No. Because Bessie wouldn't have that equipment. I'm having a hot flash. Joyce, I'm going to put my hair up. Here we go. I'm going to take, I'm going to keep track. One. <laughs> hair up, hair down, hair up, hair down. One for up. Well, yeah. we'll start with down because you started with down. So one, you're, down. you're even now. One, one in that column. Yeah. So I, I got some new reading glasses. Um, I see. And they're I love round. them. They look very nice on your face. Thanks. The reason I got them like this is because they're one and a half and they can, then I can tell the difference between the one and a quarter and the one and a half. Oh, but you you know, I've had recent troubles with, uh, with readers. Yes. And now you know that these are yours too, when they're just laying on the counter. Cause they're, Oh, that doesn't, I don't care about that. Like, cause it, as you know, as you probably have readers all over the place, family readers. Yeah. But, so, but when I get tired, I, I definitely need these one and a half, or one and a quarters are, are fine <laughs> for most things. But yeah, if I get tired, I need a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I'm one and a halfy now. Are you? Getting, Mine won't change. And too. I, and I just couldn't remember what they were before um, cataract surgery. And we yeah. have so many reading glasses laying around. And I I bought James a pack of like just ones mm-hmm. a little while, maybe two onesies. years ago. He was like. James wears a onesie. He was struggling, but he would not wear them. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm not ready for it yet. And then finally he he was. And I think it's getting a little bit worse. Um, and so we just, they're everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I. So we're we're recording this on Jan or January February, tenth, uh, uh, yeah. which is a Friday. And so two days ago, I was at the studio um, in Strongsville doing some work during the five p.m. basics class, and you know, like a toddler, um, I put off going to the bathroom until it was almost too late. <laughs> oh so, boy. Apparently I had my I had a pair of reading glasses in my pants pocket and my pants are just loose like I don't even know not warm up pants but you know those Do they're not joggers now joggers but they're not like sweatpants they're not yeah. yes so I don't know I what what used to be called sweatpants are now called joggers so I just am I don't even know how to how to Yeah these aren't the cotton maintain ones. the the new vernacular but either way it doesn't matter I 
I peed. <laughs> and if this is too much information, I'm, I apologize. But I stood up, turned around to flush. And in that, like, in that swift movement, that pirouette. readers fell into the toilet while it was flushing and went down. And I was oh. like, I didn't even know what happened because it happened so fast. I'm like, what just, cause I heard a noise, like something fell and I'm looking all around the toilet. And then I'm like, what was in my pocket? Cause I clearly didn't mm. have them on like right. right before, you know, or I don't know, you just, you have glasses, <sighs> especially readers. You don't think about it. You just, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And so then I'm trying to plunge them out. I couldn't see them oh. and they were, they were clear. Everything about them was clear. The, oh, even the frame. The frame. Yeah. So dropping into a white toilet bowl uh, wow. just made and it gone, impossible. just whisked away. Yeah. So then I, we have a little uh, snake at the studio. So there I was. There's a snake in my boot. Yep. And there I was plumbing away. And I thought I was making a little progress. I texted Vince because mm. I thought Vince would be a little more help than James. <laughs> Vince is our backup janitor. And actually, I just, I felt really stupid. And I didn't want James to have to drive all the way out there again. He was out there in the morning and, and Wednesday night, Carrie taught his yin class in Brexville. And he was so looking forward to just like not having, you know, he was done do for that, the day yeah. and just had yeah. the evening to relax and play with Alina and whatever. And the last thing I wanted to do was be like, Hey, I flushed my readers down the toilet. Right. Well, the good thing is both studios have two potties. So that was good planning on your yeah party. but my 6 30 well so there was 20 something people in the 5 p.m and there were 35 40 people signed up for my 6 30 and one i put a sign on the door saying toilet out of order but you can wash your hands or change your clothes in here and then on the toilet i put a sign saying um joyce's readers are in this toilet so Aww. so anyhow people were telling me you know oh somebody flushed a pair of sunglasses down my toilet during a party once and I got him out. It took a while, you know. So James went to the studio yesterday and ended up having to put a new toilet on. I'm not sure he had to do that, but that's a the whole conclusion. New toilet. Yeah. So wow. we have a whole new toilet and moral of a the story. Whole new toilet. <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure that maybe like a heavy duty snake would break the glasses and they yeah. would just cause cause Vince left his snakes out <laughs> for James. <laughs> Wow. Vince is an extrovert, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Um, so let me ask you this though. Were you it was impeding the flush? Like they didn't go all the way yeah, so, to Lake Erie. You know, being me like a toddler, I I flushed three times just to make sure it was broken and flush three times. It it got way up to the top and almost overflowed. Oh, well that and yeah, I was then. like, uh oh. Is, it, is that the scariest? Is that the yes. worst moment ever? <laughs> Like, have you ever been in somebody else's house? I remember once a, a bracelet of mine slipped off and um, like a mala bead thing. Oh, and yeah. and and yet you flush and the, and it's coming up and up. And if you're like, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. Yeah. Oh, OK. It went back down. So, it, it, I mean, I'm it sure they're better. Very slowly. But once I got this, once I started working with the snake, it did go down like it went down significantly slower. And I think I've showed remarkable restraint so far with all of this snake talk. Oh. <laughs> but um, that's why I was hopeful that like, you know, it Vince's snake go. would break it up, <laughs> but um, it didn't. And Susie, are you listening? So here we are. Ben and Ava, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was fun. Cause you know, 
It's always a good time to take a few and, hours. You know, the, few again, the glory in. of owning your own business. <laughs> right. Um, so, but I, I will say that I, I spent some time in my basement yesterday and got a lot of stuff done and I feel awesome. really hopeful. Yes. But what's really weird is like, I got up and was like, it's garbage day on Thursday. And we had just a bunch of boxes down there that need to be broken up. And I'm like, I got to get these out of the way. You know, I don't know if I'm sure I'm not the only one because we, everybody's got so many boxes and you mm-hmm. kind of save them. Cause you're like, Oh, well I can box this or box that. And then you're just like, right. In two weeks, I'm going to have a million more boxes. Like we have so many boxes. So I broke them all down. And then I was like, break oh. it down. Yeah. And then I moved some things around and threw a lot of stuff out. And like, it's my basement's pretty organized to the point where like I can really start to do some, some serious, like separate, sell on Facebook, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So I feel good about that. But what I do need help with from the international podcast audience, I need a suggestion or a solution to this problem. I have a jewelry box that has, I don't know, probably 10 hooks to hang necklaces. So I have more than 10 necklaces. Mm-hmm. And and just like everyone, I'm sure um, I have ones that I wear more often. Right. So I am very meticulous on how they hang so that mm-hmm. they don't get all jumbled up. And right. every time, I, I feel like it's every time I go to get a necklace, I spend 20 minutes untangling again. Untangling. It's so Mine- my is yours is it like one of those stand up jewelry yes. boxes okay mm-hmm. so mine have each hook has two hooks an upper and a lower i don't know if yours has oh. that no like it's like a hook that looks like this see my finger and then i yeah. have one hanging here and one hanging here i don't know that that helps or hurts but and then i keep all the long ones on one side on the right and all the shorter ones on the left um but you probably have more of the prettier, daintier necklaces. Like I have a lot of bigger costumey Chunky, or like yeah. I said, mala beads or whatever. But you have like nice things with silver and well, gold. Well, I have and both, but I've I've come to the realization that like I'm just wearing my nice stuff because yeah. I used to not wear it because I'm like, I'm sweating all day and whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? This is the stuff that can handle it. Right. Except that like, you know, in down dog and stuff, your necklace falls forward. And I, if I'm practicing, I can take my necklace off and put it in the office and like have a place for it. Right. Yeah. But, um, but or like, there's the theory of wear stuff till you do ruin it or till you lose it. And you still enjoyed it fully until right. it was over. That's, but, that's the thing is we, you know, put things aside and we don't even enjoy them. Right. So I've been wearing my nice stuff more often and, um, but you're right. The, the necklaces themselves are usually so dainty mm-hmm. and that's what's what gets wrapped up yeah. like this and necklace so I have on isn't i don't it's not the it's a dainty isn't the right word but cuz it's it's a little more um this isn't a, a an expensive ne- necklace the this mm-hmm. piece was made i actually got this in new orleans um and this is a cool story um when we were at jazz fest last year there's a, just like a lot of festivals, a lot of little booths with local artists and mm-hmm. jewelry and all the things, which always kind of blew my mind of like, if you fell in love with a piece of art, are you going to walk around Jazz Fest with it all day? 
True maybe, story. Maybe, like, what do you maybe do they with hold that? it for you or ship it or something? The clothes and all of that, you know? Um, yeah. But they're such great places to get such, you know, unique things. Yeah. And I fell in love with um, this lady's jewelry. And it turned out she went to the Cleveland Institute of Art. Wow. And so I was like, well, that's amazing. So, I, you know, I bought a couple of pieces. And, um, but, you know, so this is, I don't know. I guess it's stamped. It's a heartbeat. You can't see it on the necklace. I'll take a photo. And then I have a ring of hers on that's a pressed leaf. Um, and, but this necklace, even though it's not like a, a silver, you know, whatever, it's pretty durable. It's just thin. So it wraps up in the rest of them just as well. So then I'm like, well, do I just, maybe that's the universe saying you can only have 10 necklaces. Maybe. You- I That's the worst impossibility mm-hmm. is untangling those things. Yeah. Especially with, with our vision. I mean, yours maybe got a little better now, but. Well, that's, I have my one and a half glasses, so I got them untangled <laughs> pretty easily. I do have a pair and of magnifying glasses. they say you should use glasses. pins, right? I, I have, yeah. This wasn't, there. sometimes they come apart. I don't know that it's ever smooth and easy, mm-hmm. but it is, um, you know, it's just frustrating because it's like, well, I take so much care to not tangle them up when I'm putting them down. Yeah. So what the heck happens? Yeah. Maybe again, maybe it's the universe saying you have too many necklaces. I don't know. Well, remember when you, when you sort things in your basement, um, donate stuff.com and pickupsforvets.org. They come right to your door. You pick a date, you know, three weeks in the future, whatever. And then it's a good motivator to to get some crap together. Not crap, but good stuff that you're not going to use. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot too. Like, why do we hang on to stuff for so long that we don't use or don't need? I think it takes a certain amount of time to figure out that you're really not going to use it. I like you do think when you're 20, it's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll use that once a year or I'm going to hang out. Listen, I've got that leather jacket from when I was in high school. It's been in my basement for 25 years. I probably didn't wear it for 10 years before that, you know, but it's like, I almost got rid of it a couple of years ago. And then I'm like, oh, I'll hold on to it one more time in case I get a retro feeling and I want to wear this brown leather bomber jacket. But that's more sentimental. But there are things I think you really think like there's a dress that um, I'm hanging on to in case we ever need it for Halloween because it's a very 70s kind of thing, you know, or. And then at some point you're like, you know, haven't used it, not going to use it. Not a ton of Halloween parties in my future. Although my niece, Katie, is going to a 70s gala fundraiser tomorrow night um, for her school where she teaches. And so I'm going to stop over her house after all of my jobs tomorrow. And I ordered some clip-in bangs and headband. She's got a fun dress. And I did have some old boots that may or may not serve the purpose. That is a fun. That's a fun. Yeah, the kids think it's fun. They didn't live through the 70s the first time. I was thinking about like hoarders mm-hmm. and well, and, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Well, and things because sometimes, well, we're, we're definitely not hoarders, but, but like the insignificant things that, that you hang on to. And I, I feel like it's like um maybe 
you've there's just unresolved issues going on at so many levels and mm-hmm. and I think maybe unconsciously you want to maybe with stuff it's like something from the past is going to help me in the future and it's going to relieve me of everything do you know what I mean like I think it's the and I and so when I go through things in the basement and they've been gone through a few times so there's not a whole bunch of like really old things that need to be thrown out there's just maybe things in the last since we've opened the studio you know that like work clothes that I had I hung on to because I was like well these are really good clothes if I need to go back to work and and honestly I I, some of them are still usable Mm -hmm. but at the same time like I can also go to the mall and get some new clothes and you probably will unless things are really dire you're going to, if you go back to any sort of work or even a meeting in a work environment, you're probably not going to reach for what is in there already. I'm not exactly sure what's down there because it's been all backed up, but yes. Um, it's yeah. So to digress a little bit, when my dad died, I, I had clothes. So I have a black suit, pantsuit. Um, but Ashley and I went to the mall to, to get some things, you know, and Mm -hmm. I needed, what did I need? I think I needed tights for the dress I was wearing to his, his, the actual funeral. And, and I was, I hadn't really been mall shopping in a while. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to like be really bummed out because everything's going to have changed so much in the last like five years since we opened the studio and I wasn't office clothes shopping forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nothing changed. No, especially in that vein, like black suiting stuff. Well, even like materials didn't change you know but uh but like so here's an example i had in college i dabbled with photography and i bought a a pretty decent pentax camera that is film that's a Mm -hmm. film i don't even know how to say that it's a camera that takes film right but i did some really awesome black and white well i shouldn't say they're really awesome they're not works of art but um, it was really fun for me. I learned. I had a. I was so into it. I um, had a a dark room in my apartment. You know, at some point, and like, wow. I don't want to get rid of that camera. But am I ever going to buy film and go through that whole thing again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, in part, like you said, it's on many levels. It's that there's sentimentality. There's will I use it in the future? And sometimes what happens is as soon as you get rid of something up comes a really weird situation where you would have used that yeah, as a prop for something or as a whatever. And then the other thing is things that you spent a lot of money on, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, I spent a lot of money on this. Do I just want to give it away? Should I try and sell it? And then you're paralyzed and you do nothing. Cause I'm sure there's a market for vintage cameras. So let's talk about yoga mats, Mary Beth. Let's talk about yoga mats, Joyce. What's important to you in a yoga mat? Well, I have many yoga mats. I have many yoga mats that I've used and do use, and I've inherited some from Jane um, for, you know, some of these things I do with groups or kids or whatever. I think most of us had a first yoga mat that was the one you can buy at anywhere, anywhere, Walmart. Um, It's light to carry around. It comes in pretty colors. It sort of. (laughs) marshmallowy and um 
those probably my first two yoga mats, because, you know, for me anyway, you want to make sure you're going to be serious about something before you buy the, the, uh, expensive equipment. You probably didn't buy the camera until you thought you were really right into this photography thing. Um, and if you do fall in love with yoga, you quickly start to realize, you know, I'm sure it's like with tennis and a tennis racket or whatever the sport may be. Right. Um, as you develop in, in something, you find what your mat is really for, you know, um, there's support there. Your balance is different on different materials. Those early mats really start to dissolve right under your fingernails and toenails. Don't they? If you, if you practice on them enough. Yeah. Having said that they're an awesome place to start. I mean, don't not start yoga because you don't want a hundred dollar yoga mat. Right. And when it all comes down to it, you don't even need a mat to do yoga. Right. Like, right. You need nothing. You really need nothing. Um, but we, you know, yoga mats are, are really nice to have. And, we, and, and when you go this, into a room full of people, that not only helps with the flow of a group practice, but it defines your space, which when I, when I do talk to the kids that are eight years old and have attention problems, yeah, it's like, think of this as your magic carpet, your piece of real estate. And you pay attention to what's going on, on that rectangle, not the one next to you. Yeah. It's like your stall. <laughs> it's your, right. Um, it, so the, the standard yoga mat is two feet wide by six feet long. And you'll see a lot of those at the studio. Um, most of the, so I think, and I, I'm like, don't, don't quote me on all the history of the yoga mat or yoga mat details, but Manduka, which is a great yoga mat maker, producer, mm-hmm. um, they, they sort of, define themselves with the pro mat and this was a long time ago like probably 15 yes. 20 years ago and the pro mat is really heavy we sell them so if you ever if you're listening and you want to see what what these different mats look and feel like um not only do we have them as loaners but you know they're in the the boutique so you can definitely touch the merchandise mm-hmm. but um it's heavy and it's durable and it, and I believe it was created for outdoor use, but it got, it was so different from any yoga mat that had been available at the time. It got really popular and it, it you, they just made them in black. So if you ever hear somebody mention like a black mat, um, that's or black pro, like that's the OG, original, the OG, you know, the yeah. OG Manduka. And, and aren't they like guaranteed for life? They are guaranteed for life. Like, unless you, you know, so I had one and, you know, it was rolled up. And uh, when one or two of my dogs were puppies, they chewed, they, there were bite marks. So if you unrolled it, like every few inches, there were bite marks, which is <laughs> that, that wasn't covered under the lifetime guarantee. And but, I put one in a um, washing machine. Oh, yeah. Once. And it, um, it was actually, of great interest, what happened as it was spinning, um, it was just bulky enough 
that that part of it kept hitting the rim, hitting the rim, hitting the rim. Wow. So I probably almost burned my house down <laughs> because the heat, the friction caused it to come apart. And it was super interesting because it's almost like a radial tire. There's like, um, there's like yes. stringy Tread. matter in there. Yeah. Thread, yeah. Thread. And um, so I do, that one lives in my car and I do use that because it just, it just marred it in a, you know, a few inches. Um, that I use as an outdoor mat. Cause I like to do, I know you don't love outdoor yoga. I love in good weather to do outdoor yoga anywhere. And you do need a separate mat for it. Cause that's just gross. Like you might be, you might be on top of some duck shit, some <laughs> bugs. Um, yeah, I, I am not a big fan of outdoor yoga, but I, yeah, I would use my, my pro probably. I don't know. And so if you have that and it lasts you 20 years, then the hundred twenty dollars or right. whatever is worth it if you extrapolate that. Well and on the um, flip and seeing how well they're made too. Yeah. The and the flip side, the the fifteen, twenty dollar mat, you're gonna have to buy a lot of them over time. And right. and the reason why, um well, so anyhow, I I, I was talking about size. The That's what Manduka, she said. Yeah. The Manduka Pro mat was the I I believe the first mat that was they made a little bit bigger than the standard size. And then over the years, um a lot of mat makers have a bigger size available or the it's just their standard. So, mm -hmm. but two by six is perfect for me. Like there's, there's plenty of room. I don't know how you feel on it because I mean, you're really tall, but your down dog isn't six feet tall. Right. I have used both. I, I do like the bigger one cause I'm a bigger person, but typically I use the standard size one, the bigger ones. I mean, they're heavy. They're harder to get around. If you're always schlepping a yoga mat on your shoulder, like yes, that, it's it's a lot. So it's like, yeah. And that's the thing. That mat is really heavy, um, but it is made of a, a closed cell uh, material. I think it's actually rubber. I'm I'm on their website right right now, and it um, is so nice and dense that yes. if you have one of the cheaper mats, which uh, served me very well, and I still loved. But, you know, if it's a, a vinyasa flow class, you will find that where your toes drag and where your fingers drag, it just, it just disintegrates. Oh, and yeah. You have little flecks of it everywhere. Well, and yes. So those are the, the cheap mats are made out of a PVC product, which isn't the best product to have your hands and your body on all the time. Especially and if it's disintegrating. Yes. And there's no way that you can't recycle that. Um, mm -hmm. but PVC is what your pipes are made out of. So, or unless you live in an old house and you still have, um, copper, copper pipes, but, um, so water doesn't get stuck in the pipes, right? Maybe hair right. does, but not water. Or, um, or so glasses. they don't, the pipes don't absorb water. So your, or sunglasses. Yeah. So, and because of the it's cheap material. It, it, it's going to fall apart and, and that's okay. Like mm -hmm. I, I started on one of those, you started what, you know, they, the thing that we see as yoga teachers is that when somebody has a really cheap mat, um, they're just dealing with it a lot because it also doesn't stick to the floor all the time or it moves easily. It, it moves. It, it'll curl up on you. It'll curl up. And so when they get, I mean, on we a, weigh a lot as people. And if you're trying to do a really strong, even simply a warrior one or something, that mat can move under you on the floor. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's that one. Um, 
the other sort of, I think, mat that people bring in, I, I think are exercise mats. They're not the I don't extra know the, thick. I think maybe Pilates is where they started. The to be, foamy those ones. thicker foam ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, are really bad for your joints. And if I ever see somebody on one of those or bring one in, I immediately say, you know, these are really bad for your joints. And it, it, there's just so much to deal with too, because they're so foamy. Yes, they do feel better on your knees if you're on your knees. Right. So that's the the trick is that people think they're 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 better for you because they provide more cushion, but that cushion transfers to your joints like you are your own shock absorber. Right. Which is why when I first started doing yoga for the first whole 10 years I practiced on a cement floor, wow. which sounds terrible, but it's great. Yeah. I mean, what balance you can achieve and learn about your body because it's not the floor moving. It's not your mat moving. It's not the foam pushing more under your heel than under your big toe. You are on terra firma level ground. And so that's where those cushier mats can mix the signals for your body. Yeah. And a, a, a PT told us that when you're standing, so those things are almost impossible to balance on. Mm -hmm. When you're standing, it's really your knees that take the brunt of that cushiness and your knees fight a whole lot when you're not on solid ground. And um, so if somebody insists on using one, I'll just tell them, like, if you're having a really hard time balancing, step off. Mm -hmm. But also for newer people, uh, new to yoga, if they're on one of those um and their down dog is is not um, correct. Like if they're too far forward, mm-hmm. a lot of people when they're brand new will do down dog almost like a hybrid high plank and it's mm-hmm. not. So when you have creases in your wrists, your wrists are holding weight and your wrists, elbows and shoulders like all work together. So essentially you're going to, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on your shoulders and wrists. And also when you're brand new to yoga, your wrists might be a little bit sore. Um, yeah. That goes away. And- Quickly, that material is so unstable. Yes, that you're actually making it much harder for yourself, to especially as a beginner. Right. So those mats, um, that's one that I'll definitely try to get people off of. I also don't want to offend people either, because you know one class isn't going to kill you on on that mat. But if you do one class on that, and then the next time you 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 switch, most people are like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen those. Actually, we have a couple of pieces of somebody's old foamy mat that they just cut in quarters to put their knees on. Yeah. And that's is, fine because yeah, they can. solution. Yeah. That's easy to, to move on and off the mat. So, so back to, so now we get, you know, back into um, the premium mat. So we talked a little bit about the pro mat and the pro mat is a little bit wider and a little bit longer and they have the option to, uh, make that even longer. Um, every We usually have at least one or two um, extra long, extra wide pro mats. And most most people don't necessarily need all that space, but the, and there are some instances where somebody is really, really tall um, and they do need that, that extra space. But those mats are the thickest that I would go with. And like you said, they're really dense. They're six millimeters. Um, and, you know, it's still six millimeters. It's not, that's really not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you you just don't want any of the cushion. That mat is really, really heavy. It is really nice. It'll last you forever. Um, but like Mary Beth, 
I don't know how fast you 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 had established your collection, but once I started yoga and I bought my first <laughs> good mat, I think I had eight within the first two or three years. Yeah, you start to have mat envy because you do see other others' mats, and it's not about the cost or the status or you know fancy pants. If you practice on one, you will you will find different things about them. And it it is really interesting. Yes. Some grip the floor better. Some will sort of roll on you. Some won't. I like to use different ones for different kinds of classes to be yeah. honest. Well, and there's Which sounds a color. like here I, I show up to the bowling alley with four different bowling balls or something, but it's <laughs> but it's true. Whether they're bats or again, tennis rackets, like once you fall in love with a, yeah. a sport or an activity, you start to get into the nitty gritty of those little nuances. And, but then the color has an effect too. Like if you're looking at red all the time, that's different than looking at, mm -hmm. you know, blue or black and, you know, so, so there is that, but. Um, Definitely true for me. I had a beautiful eggplant colored one, but it did bring me down. That was one of my original, it? the cheap. Uh, yeah. But it did draw me down. I'll say that. I know that might sound crazy, but. The next one I bought was like a bright salmon color and it made me happy. Um, so kind of moving from that pro, there's a pro light, which is uh, a little bit thinner. I think it's a five millimeter um, and a little there's, I think it's the same length, but not the same width. Um, so it's a little lighter to carry around, but it's closed cell. So closed cell means that you're, it, it doesn't absorb moisture. So you can clean it really well, but you're going to slip on it. So, you know, we're kind of moving in the the time frame when hot yoga got really popular, right? So then we have mat towels. The Yogi Toes towel um, was probably the first one or one of the firsts. And those towels, and we have them at the studio for anybody to borrow, those towels um, don't really work until they're moist. Right. So you may see how, some people. How many of our international audience are uncomfortable with the word moist? <laughs> moist. Well, now they are. The, the number just increased. <laughs> moist. But Do you want me to see... say it again? Moist. <laughs> so you'll see some people spraying their mat towels down prior to class. And that's because once they they are moist, they will give damp. you. We could say damp. Some, <laughs> some grip so that you won't slip. Mm -hmm. um, grip. So you won't slip. There you go. Yeah. It's very slippery, slidey, wonderful, soft fabric. We all know the microfiber things that we love in the rest of our lives, but then a little water on it, just some droplets even makes it some moisture, nice and grippy, <laughs> some moisture. And then some of those have like a little grippy nub on the mat <laughs> side, like the side that you would put down sort of like, um, yoga socks that some people wear yogi toes yeah. or the hospital socks, but little, um, I don't how I don't dig the mat towels personally. So here's the thing. I I don't mind, but I don't when I use a mat that isn't a polyurethane mat, we'll get to that in a minute. I I I won't put the the mat towel down until I'm slipping. You know, like a lot of people will put it down just so they don't have to deal with it later, mm -hmm. but once I start slipping, um I'll I'll take the mat towel and rub it on my face and my arms and my chest. It, 
to put sweat on it so that I start gripping immediately. Now, but the, now the international audience is picturing you rubbing a towel on your sweaty chest. This, in the middle of yoga class. It's really You're sexy. welcome, international audience. Yeah, I'm distracted by all of that stuff. I practice mostly with my eyes closed. So I like to just start and stay and yeah. not have stuff to deal with. But everybody's different and, and it's all fine. And I'd like to say we are not paid spokesmodels for Manduka. And we're going to go on to other brands and things. And I like how you say spokes models and not spokes not persons, persons, but spokes models. So yeah, I also, um, since we're on the subject of Manduka right now, that cute little Manduka icon in the corner of the mat. Do you remember what that picture is? It's like a frog, isn't it? It's a frog. And one of the names for frog pose in Sanskrit is Mandukasana. Oh, I never even knew. Welcome. Well, there's your, yes. So Manduka also has a really nice line of, uh, they call it eco mats and they're made out of recycled rubber. They have a recycled rubber top. Those are much more sticky, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. Recycled rubber. They don't, well, <laughs> they don't, um, they're not non-slip, but you will stick a lot longer than you will on the pro and you will wear that one out. I had a Manduka pro light for, probably four years. And, um, like where, like you said, where you step, where you put your hands, that's where you're going to start seeing threads and, and, you know, and yes, you can flip your mat around. You, you know, you can, your hands and your feet don't go in the exact same spot and, and whatever. So, and I've come to the point where I love that. It's like your favorite jeans. They're, they're worn out and soft and all the right. It's like kind of a badge of, of honor. Have you ever had a jade mat? Yes. So different, right? So different. Um, jade is really porous. And really uh, thin. Yes. Um, really good mat. What I see with the, you know, it's very sticky, not non-slip. Um, not non-slip. That's yeah, that's issue if um you're moving a lot. Yeah. And the thing I see with the jade mats is instead of wearing out, they, t- they tend to dry out. Um, and I've yeah. seen this actually a lot with in Brexville because we, we seem to be having people like come back to their mat in Brexville and they'll have a jade mat and they'll, you know, they haven't used it in a while. And then when they unroll it, it's, it's slipping because it's so dry. Mm-hmm. Jade is a great, it's a great mat though. I I've had a couple of jades and, um, I, I enjoyed practicing on a jade mat, but it's just different. It's mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they're made out of. Um, yeah, it's 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 rubber, just like Manduka. Yeah, and it you yeah, it feels good. That rubber feels good, <laughs> but they will again. It's light enough that if you're even just in Warrior One or something, you know, your foot can drag the the spreading of your front foot and back foot can stretch that rubber, yeah. and then. Your foot isn't flat now that's curled up a bit under the front. And then if you're on hands and knees or something and you do have that need for a cushion, you definitely would need a piece of cushion there under your under your knees. Um, I think some Gaium brand mats are that that same thinness. That's one brand I haven't really had a lot of experience with, except for when people leave their mats behind. Um so then and again, I don't know the timeline specifically. Um, polyurethane topped mats came out, and these are the ones that we have at our studio. We we 
actually have them made for us. So we, it's pretty cool because we get to, we design them, um, but we also choose materials and go through sample products and all of that, you know. Um, Customized. We customize them to what we like and what we see working. And uh, we call them our warrior mats. Um, and so polyurethane will absorb moisture and you, and they're, um, open cell. So that kind of makes sense, right? Um, you don't need a mat towel. You can slide all over them or I should say that that's, that's the wrong thing. You can, um, you can pour water all over them. You can sweat all over them. That's what I was going to say. And you won't slip. The, right from the start, you won't slip. You won't slip. From, they're, from, even I when you're that, not sweaty yet in class. Yeah. I joke that they're like, it's like getting new brakes. And yeah. Um, so brand new mats, like especially if you know, if you've tried a couple of our loner mats um and you like that one and you get a new one, I see a lot of people going, Whoa. <laughs> um, our low yeah, you know, we have we have these as loner mats in both studios and they'll last a while. I I feel like, especially with guys, we've seen like a guy who practices three or four times a week will probably get eight to 10 months out of the mat. Women, you know, like guys just tend to be much bigger sweaters. Women will get at least a year, maybe a little bit more because it, it, eventually that will wear down. So our loner mats, some of our loner mats get used multiple times a day. And mm-hmm. um, so they, you know, they just, we have them at various levels. Some of them are new, some of them are year old. Um, you and don't it's really, really um, that, and isn't the Lulu the Lulu same has material. Yeah. And so what happens life for is me. the, um, just after a certain amount of time, the, the bottom half of that mat. So that unlike the others, that top is different than the bottom. Yeah. You you know, which side you're practicing on. The bottom is and made of rubber. The, and, the, and so that starts to, you know, at the edges and the sides and things after repeated time and repeated rolling up and repeated sweating, that starts to crumble a little or to separate from the top layer. The top layer starts to look ugly, which shouldn't matter at all. But um, the surface then, as you said, starts to starts to break down. And here I'm going to ask you a conversation that you may not be prepared to answer and we might Ooh. have different opinions on. I believe, which means it's 100% <laughs> obvious, that... Cleaning the mats all the time helps it to break down more quickly. If it's a shared mat, that has to happen. But if you and your mat are the only two who meet together, I do not clean my mat after every practice. I do not spray that, you know, stuff that might have essential oil in it or any kind of cleaner or anything. I don't. And I think they last longer for it. I agree with you. So it must be true. Oh, obviously then. So, I mean, again, when we share loner mats, we have to clean and and, disinfect those. And so pre-COVID, everything that we cleaned with in the studio was um, all natural and including the floor cleaner and everything else. Um, And the mat cleaner, mat cleaners, you can, you can make, we, we would put either vinegar, witch hazel, some essential oil and water. So not very hardcore at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we get that, we get that question a lot. Like what can I clean my mat with? Honestly, I, 
I wouldn't, you know, people, I've, I've seen people using like Clorox wipes, mm-hmm. not good. You know, like mm-hmm. that's going to do exactly what you're saying and break it down. So I would say if you're going to use it down, hard, if you're going to hardcore clean it, no more than like once a quarter mm-hmm. and don't, don't really clean it a lot, you know, like wipe it it's down. It's like a fine hardwood floor or something. Yeah. You don't want abrasion and you don't want, um, what's the word I want? Um, I don't know. It'll come to me later, but any sort of stripping. Yes. The chemicals you want to stay away from because it's going to, it's just, yeah. yeah. So, but on the closed cell mats, you can do that because I mean, I wouldn't like use harsh cleaner, but like dish soap, I, although I'd only use a drop because you're going to have a hard time, um, yeah. Wiping, getting it out. Yeah. But the open cell mats, um, yeah, we don't. I I'm with you. It the problem. <laughs> my problem is, um, it's hard for me to have a mat <laughs> because of what I do for a living. So it kind of sounds crazy, um, but in our studios, you'll see racks or you'll see mats drying all the time. And so when I use my mat, I have to dry it as well. And sometimes they get rolled up and thrown into the loaner mat. So most recently, and I've done this in the past too, most recently I um, draw with Sharpies kind of um, obnoxiously all over the mat saying it's mine because mm-hmm. I I want my own mat. I don't want, you know, Yeah. Our, I see our loaner mats, people sweat on them all day. So back to the cleaners, when we, when COVID happened and everything, we found this cleaner that works really well for us. And uh, I, I could look it up, but it's used on hospital floors. Like it's a pretty concentrated cleaner. Um, and because of, so that's what we clean the floors with and a lot of other things in the studio. But with mats, we kept the witch hazel vinegar essential oil for a while, but some of the loner mats were getting so disgusting that now we're using a very uh, like a quarter of the, so in, in our, in our floor cleaner, we use, this is very technical, a full pump of that cleaner and our mat cleaner. Now we just use about a third of the pump because we need something more to break down everybody's sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues to astound me how many people borrow mats. I'm not, I'm not calling people out. I'm just, I'm, I can tolerate a lot of gross. Like I am not, as you know, I mean, I'm eating off the same peanut butter spoon and the same peanut butter jar in my car. And I just told you I never cleaned my own mat. So I'm, I'm not easily, you know, creeped out, but other than travel and even sometimes with travel, if I'm able, I take my own mat. I haven't really borrowed a mat. And in these times and with sweaty hot practices, I'm just surprised. I thought people were more easily grossed out than I. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I actually wrote, um, an essay once about my yoga mat. It's actually a nice friend to have your own yoga mat. Yeah. It's, it's like your your journal. In fact, um, one of the really cheap mats that we were talking about, I was subbing a class for Jane years ago at Metro hospital and the woman rolled it out. And what did it say on her mat was my journal. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Oh, She's like, yeah. she was totally not into it. She's like, yeah, I just bought it at five below for five bucks. I didn't care what it said. 
And I'm like, oh, but it is so true. You're crying. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't know. It was five bucks. <laughs> but um, it it's a little treat to yourself. Your yeah. your yoga mat, your yoga bag, your journal, your it's your little place. Yeah. So having having said that, we do try to keep them as clean as possible. And that's why we ask people not to roll them up and to spray them down. If you spray them down generously, like honestly, that's the cleanest that they're going to get. Um, and to let that dissipate rather than trying to wipe or scrub. Right. So we hang them up so that it they can dry. If If you borrow a mat or if you have your own mat and you sweat like profusely all over it and you just roll it up, it's going to be wet the next time you roll it out. And that might not be, you know, I, <laughs> there's one guy uh, I saw, he, he and his wife were practicing pretty regularly and it was like a week and he, you know, he was traveling or something and came back the next week, he rolled it out. It was gross. Like he was like, Oh, Funkadelic. and I said, I told you that thing is really absorbent. Um, so that's why we ask everybody to to Nikes. put them on the rack or, you know, just don't roll them up because we'd hate for somebody else to grab it and have this, you know, wet mat. <laughs> but, um, but they are really good mat. Like we, we are so happy with them. So this last round, we order them uh, in a pretty big quantity a couple of times a year. And um, people were excited Wednesday to see the lavender back in the pink. Yeah. So we, the Bodhi tree was pretty popular. Um, so we got it in different colors. We got, um, I think we got the Bodhi tree in blue and purple and we have a pink one with alignment lines and then the black slash gray with alignment lines. I will say you will see sometimes like James will even do this. You'll see sometimes when somebody's a really big sweater, they'll put, um, a mat towel down on it at some point. And, if you ask James, the reason he does it is not because the mat is slipping. It's because it's so absorbent that he sweats a lot that he feels like he's standing in his a puddle of his own sweat. And he would just rather have the towel absorb that so that he didn't feel like he was standing in his own towel of sweat. That's beautiful, um, James. Yeah, it's beautiful. The other type of mat that's supposed to be really good with slipping is a cork mat. Mm-hmm. We we haven't practiced on a cork mat, but I've seen people have them. I haven't um, either. And don't, oh my gosh, in the, you can't see it right now, but in the window that's behind me, what do they call it when there's like a zillion birds, a murmuration or something oh, that just went by? It was very that's cool. cool. Anyway, don't Joyce or Valerie have? I think I think Val might have one. I know that there's a couple of people yeah. who have what what my experience has been observing is that um they do okay, but they're cork, so when they dry, they tend to dry, like they tend to get smaller. Mm-hmm. They you know because um, really cork, it's just cork, which yeah. is eco-friendly for sure. So when you roll it up and then you roll it back out, it's it's like you're kind of it's kind of breaking open again, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. um, but also super, super absorbent because mm-hmm. it's cork. So you've got to let that dry. Is Jeff distracting you? No, the birds now have landed on my neighbor's roof. Oh, I think the birds are confused by the weather. Oh gosh. Yeah. We did have some moisture too. So they're, they're <laughs> trying to get the worm, but they're not early birds because it is 1030 in the morning. You're going to have to get up pretty early to get the early worm, little birdies. So that's our 
our synopsis of mats for you. My yes. suggestion to a new yoga student is try them, try all of them, mm-hmm. see what you like. Um, if you have questions, ask the teacher because mm-hmm. we obviously have, you know, all have we know and we've practiced on a lot. And, you know, so let's say you're in something not sweaty, slow flow, or you're just meditating on your mat or stretching or something, you might want something with more cushion. If you're if you're doing a hot power vinyasa class, you definitely need to think about moisture and sweat and slipping because it changes your poses. It changes what's going on in your mind. Yeah. And it truly is a safety issue at some point. Um, it's also a great learning tool because realize when you're slipping easily, you're gonna slip if there's sweat on the mat. But if you're slipping easily. Again, let's just take a nice simple warrior one. Maybe you're resting into your weight into the feet more than you think you are. And instead, yeah, pulling some energy up into your core and you're going to be slipping less, right? Just like if you're walking on ice. What do you do? You're not you don't go stomping around heavy. Right. You you uh, sometimes I'll say in tabletop, imagine you're doing this on a bed of nails, which sounds like a horror movie, but my point is you try and not be at all heavy in your hands and knees and instead pull up away from it. So that's part of what happens with your decision-making process as you practice on a mat. There are reasons. There are Some are thicker, some are thinner, some are spongier, some are denser, some are lighter and will move, some are more absorbent, and it all depends on what your practice is like and what that class is like. And then you might end up going down the road of having all these different kinds of mats too, if you become a yoga devotee. And you bring up another good point on our on our warrior mats, and you know, in some of half of the designs, we have alignment lines, mm-hmm. and those are also nice for a new yogi, for an experienced yogi. But they can be a great reminder of to pay attention to where you're putting your body. And are the alignment lines perfect for everybody? No. Like obviously your your foot space, you know, spacing is going to be different than mine. You're much taller than I am. But right. But it's just a point of reference because I think all of us know if you've ever practiced in front of a mirror and you normally don't, you are like, wow. Yeah. I thought my triangle looked like something in my mind. That's not what I'm doing now that I see it in the mirror or a photo or something. So it does help you to. Um, what's the big fancy word everybody uses? Proprioception. Yeah. Um, where you know, where you are in, in relation to, to things around you. And sometimes visually that's different than what it feels like. And sometimes you don't even have your eyes open. So those lines can be great to set yourself up. And that's that's exactly why we don't have mirrors. I feel like there's so much, I think we talked about this before, but- mm-hmm. First thing you see in the mirror is it just creates a lot of self judgment, and mm-hmm. you create a mindfulness practice by feeling where your body is mm-hmm. versus looking, you know. And the truth is that now uh, this is going to sound like we're contradicting ourselves because we just talked about alignment and what something looks like. That's important for safety reasons. There are alignment 
imperatives for safety, but you should never be doing a yoga pose to try and contort your body into what that pose should look like. It's quite the opposite. The yoga pose needs to work for your body. Your body does not need to become the perfect yoga pose. So uh, like I said, that seems like we're contradicting ourselves. Alignment matters for safety, but the visualization of what a pose looks like, holy moly, we are all so different in the body and things do not look the same. You might have a long torso and itty bitty legs or vice versa, and things just aren't going to look the same. I wish my ideal is if there was a mirrored wall that we had curtains in front of (laughs) so that every now and then when something came up, I could open a little bit of that wall and say, Hey, look at this triangle in this, or really chaturanga is where I would like people to see their elbow. Cause that's something difficult to, to see your shoulder and elbow situation. Um, but facing a mirror makes balancing really difficult. Yeah. All your drishtis are moving and other people are moving and that energy is moving. For me, it's the spacing in warrior ones and crescents, like to get people off the straight line and really feel where their hips are. So your hips can't be in line. It's not good for your back. And, you know, um, so those, you know, having that center line on the mat with the the hands and feet on the left and right, I, I feel are really valuable. Um, yeah, it just like, and this is all, you know, from your yoga mat. So like, is it's, it's relevant. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that it's relevant. All right. So I think we can probably do a, a whole podcast on on alignment, but that's kind of weird because it would just be talking. <laughs> um, <Right>. It's <laughs> sort of hard to to picture that. But that's our brief <laughs> brief. Was that brief uh, episode about um, yoga mats? Yoga mats and yeah. yoga stuff. And I sort of alluded earlier to a thing I wrote about yoga mats, and it was sort of like the 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 partner with you if yoga has ever been a place where you uh, put some, I don't want to say blood, sweat, and tears, but certainly sweat and tears. Um, it is like kind of like your journal. So, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what it's made of because it's sort of a symbol. Right. And it's um, it's yours and it's, and you're there. That's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about your own props? Uh, well, I happen to have my own props just cause I've always had easy access to them. So I do have my own straps and blankets and blocks. Um, when I go practice yoga somewhere, sometimes I bring them, sometimes I don't, it depends on what's in my car. I always have a mat. Um, I always think it's a great idea to have your own your own props though. I mean, certainly we offer them at the studio, but that way you're always practicing with what you know. And I mean, I use all of them. I use a blanket, I use straps, I use blocks. And again, we're just referring to my yoga practice. I, I, I use them all too. I don't know that I use blankets so much, but, um, but to cart them around, sure. That's a little cumbersome. But I do, ha- I'll be honest, I do have blocks in my trunk for when I do the summer stuff outdoors and a blanket too. Well, what don't you have in your car? Um, I don't have tampons in my car anymore, Joyce. 
But there's, uh, there's a good reason for that. Right. Um, that's, I mean, really, I do have everything for, I have different, you know, we all know this. I have different shoes. <laughs> Last night I got to book club and since it was at somebody's house, we of course all removed our shoes and I had forgotten that. And I didn't have socks on cause I had shoes that didn't require socks. So I'm like, I'm going to go back out to my car and find some socks. <laughs> and and Linda said, you, Linda brought over a basket with socks and said, why don't you just borrow a pair of my socks? You can return them. Also, I did book club. If you remember, I'm off the sauce right now. So I did a sober book club. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And dinner first with some namaste girls. So my only, I'm going to, I'm going to allow alcohol when I travel next weekend. But other than that travel, um, it's going to be from now till Easter. And it gave me a thought. I don't know how we're going down this road. I think you wanted to wrap up this podcast and here I go. But many years ago, I slowly switched to decaf because I felt like caffeine was exacerbating my eye twitch and a little feelings of anxiety. And I don't totally avoid caffeine. I mean, God knows I eat the chocolate and sometimes I'll have a cup of coffee or tea that's not decaffeinated. But in general, I'm off caffeine. And I thought I kept waking up so surly and we kept talking about it. So doesn't that also stand to reason alcohol is a depressant, the opposite of caffeine. So of course, when I was drinking a lot over the winter, over the holidays, over the travel, it would, it would sort of slow things down. So I do think maybe part of my mood lift is because I've been off the sauce for. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I kind of got the touch of the flu a couple of weeks ago and a touch of the flu. Yeah. I mean, it was a bad, it was a bad Friday. Um, but for yeah, some, I remember talking about it with you for some reason by Saturday, it was like, I had a fever on Friday night of 101 and it was gone in the morning and I was in a lot of pain. Like it was just really, really achy and Ashley got me some Theraflu and it knocked me out. And the next morning I, I felt really good. Um, and then by, you know, I was, I kind of just had that flu hangover for a day. Mm -hmm. Um, but by Sunday I felt, I felt amazing. Like I felt better than I had in a long time. Um, isn't that great how after you've been sick and you feel normal again, you feel like you could climb Mount Everest. Well, I've been having like the shoulder issue and I'm working through it. Um, and I've had some pain to deal with, you know, and that was gone. I was like, mm -hmm. how did, you know, there and there's a, a guy at the studio who was asking me how I was feeling because I, I got subs for my classes. And I think he's a nurse, but he was like, he said something like, well, you had inflammation in, in a specific part of your body and then your whole body had inflammation. So your body fought that. Dealt with it. Yeah. And so now my, you know, my inflammation is gone. Um, but I, anyhow, I didn't drink at all. And I'm not drinking that much. Like mm -hmm. I, I beat myself up for drinking at all, but I, I'm not really drinking that much. Um, so it was like a week where I didn't have any and I, f I felt so good. Mm -hmm. And so James and I, you know, our date night is on Wednesdays. And um, yes, I, I cannot drink, but we've been having a lot of fun especially the last few Wednesdays. And at some point, like, it's just fun to have silly conversation mm -hmm. and not about business and what's going on. Um, and, and I'm kind of just okay with that. If that means that I have a couple of drinks 
to get to that point because it always starts off with like, how is your class? How is your class? Did you clean this? Did you put this away or not? Mm -hmm. You know, no, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a verbal lubricant for sure. It makes, (laughs) it makes, you know, it makes you talk. And I don't know why you feel so guilty about it. Cause I used to be careful. You're, you're not, that's true. We just do all the guilt. Listen to me ask. I feel guilt about everything, but you certainly don't drink all the time or drink too much. And there's nothing wrong or illegal about having a drink. You're not in the parking lot shooting up heroin or anything. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, it's like, well, you don't feel good. You don't sleep well. Right. You're not sharp the next day. And I'm not even talking about like getting drunk, just like. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It takes less and less. Are you kidding? A couple of glasses of wine. It just, you you realize how much it, it affects Wine's not really tasting good to me anymore. Um, and I don't mind beer, but beer is like, I, I can do so like filling. a beer and I'm good, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But it kind of defeats the purpose of like having a buzz kind of thing, you know, because mm-hmm. like a Bud Light isn't going to do well, much. That's it, your problem, Joyce. You need to stop drinking Bud Light. Uh, but I don't like heavier beer and I feel like. Mm-hmm. I'll but even do- something not heavy, but. I mean, listen to me, I'm like getting power for your punch with more alcohol, but I like in the summer, that's why I like an IPA because it's yeah. sippier rather than swallowier. I, <laughs> Technical I'm term. with you. However, I can't finish like, especially in the summer when it's hot, by the time I get to the bottom of the beer, it's, it's, it's flat and it doesn't taste yeah. as good as it did at the beginning. And, and it's just kind of like, what, why, it, this isn't even worth it, you yeah. know? It's like, why? But so I love me a dirty martini though. Oh, I can't do martinis. But you know, when Jeff and I went out last weekend, I, for whatever reason, you talk about the guilt, I feel very apologetic and explanatory toward the server because on a Friday or Saturday night, they're thinking, are you serious? You're not drinking my, my bill and my therefore tip just went down. So I'm very apologetic about it. And this kid was great. He's like, do you want me to bring, because I ordered a seltzer water or a club soda. And he's like, do you want me to bring it in a wine glass? I'm like, yes, sir. Yes. I freaking do. We talked about that with Ashley Leach and stuff when we talked about giving up drinking. So I drink it in a fancier glass with a wedge of lime. And I still kind of feel that pretend buzz of a of a social situation. I can do an N.A. beer and really enjoy it. And my mother-in-law does an N.A. beer with olives in it and a little olive juice, like a dirty, like a martini only with N.A. beer. She loves it. Wow. A beer teeny. I know. I've never even heard of that. I don't know who turned her on to it, but she loves it. She's got a particular beer she prefers and a particular olive as well. Oh, I know. That's fancy. Maybe she Mm, should come on fancy podcast. Speaking of Patty, Patty Kubik had a birthday. Oh my gosh. She texted me a photo of her and Dennis in a canoe. Or on a camel or, kayak. or anything. Right. Or she's she in Thailand, he took a picture of her on the paddleboard. The girls and I were talking about Patty last night. I'd love to have her back on when she comes back around because now, you know, the first few years there was some weeks and months away, and now Patty's more away than home. Right. I don't even know what the status of the well. That's the thing is that build is they are building a well a condo, mm-hmm. um, and and it was the, a little delayed. It was supposed to be done last October, 
And then it was supposed to start last October. And so now we're, it's February. It wasn't supposed to be done like this past October. I think it was mm. the October before, if I if I'm mm. correct. So like everything is just super delayed. Mm-hmm. Um I have it in text somewhere. She she said that they're thinking July. Um, and and we were wondering then if this extended, extended time away um makes you ever wish you had your home your home base back even just temporarily. And yeah. and God, I, I think what a different person she must like she must look back at five years ago or more in suburban waterford starting our book club yeah what a different person she is life she leads and planet she's living on now which is so cool yeah yeah it really is um she had yeah, she messaged me. I didn't realize it was her birthday. I felt bad, but she did message me at like 5.15 a.m. Um, because where is she? she's in Asia now. I think she's in. I think it's Thailand right yeah. now. I think that's the last picture I saw was her on a paddle. So board. it was the evening time there. And she's like, sorry if it's too early. And I was like, actually, I'm driving to yoga. And it was like snowing and the whole thing. And she's like, thanks for reminding me of why we left. I'm like, it's not all that bad. Like, I don't mind it. You know, yeah. like, yeah, of course, it'd be nice to be in Thailand, but. Um, and and I'm sure this is a season of their lives as well, because at some age or some point, they'll maybe want to move around less. But it's it's just so cool to yeah. just to pursue that shit. I just I really admire them. Yeah. Maybe we can get Patty on a Zoom. Yeah, that would be good. Although I could see why she wouldn't want to take a break from the beach or the. Or the market, or the, or the experience of being in Thailand, to and, sit and, and relative talk to, to you and I, always talking about all this stuff in our in our Parma and Seven Hills basements. She's had that extended time of feeling unencumbered. She's got her flip flops and her tennis shoes. Her Maybe I should dress. Pay her, her to come down to my basement, and she'll be like, "Let's just throw this all out." Yeah. There is a lot of baby stuff down there, though. So. Oh, and also completely off topic. Tell Ashley I love her bangs. I haven't seen her in person, oh, but she changed her social media picture, and they look great. And her hair is darker. She's just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, she's she's looking good. All right. Well, this we we dig, ended with a digression. Yeah, I don't even know. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> all right, we're done. There we go. 